The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What's up, guys? Kels Charles and Megan Murray here, and you are listening to Girls Talking Boys in partnership with SB Nation. As always, hello. Welcome back. I know. I was going to say, I've missed you. It's been some time. It has been some time. And, Mego, some things have happened. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Lots of... there's been a lot of things that happened this week in true Cowboys fashion. Everyone, everyone's dramatic at all times. So we don't know how to not be that way. It's just who we are. Yeah. As people. Just um, constantly a, a source of drama and conversation. Yes. And obviously we knew that, you know, we, we've all talked about the draft and we'll talk about the picks some more. And we actually have a special guest coming on here Today, Brody Miller with The Athletic, he covers LSU. As we've got two guys, Kelvin Joseph started his career at LSU, and then we all know Jabril Cox, the steal of the draft. Oh, Tiger. Uh, we, got, we got to talk to him and figure out who these guys really are. So it was a good interview, and that's coming up for you next. But um, I do have something on my heart that I want to discuss with you, Megan. I'm sad about it because... Antoine stands. Sit down. We will always and forever be an Antoine Woods stand podcast but I unfortunately at this point in time he is no longer with our team and let me just say this the fact that I was robbed of an Antoine (laughs) Woods fullback touchdown celebration is damn near a crime against humanity I just have to say it I am not okay I will never recover I just I just I don't know I don't know how I will you're the first person I thought of when I got that um, notification on my phone. I was like, is Kelsey okay? I just had to have a moment of silence. And thankfully we got together this week, you and I and Dave and, and Ern, your sister, and poured out some many beverages, many beverageinos for him. But um, I'm yes, sad. Many tequila. I'm, I'm very sad about it. And I have to be honest with you. You know, I just didn't see it coming. I don't think, I don't know if he did or not. And I don't, I don't think anyone saw it coming. I don't Maybe either. people like in the locker room, but and, not on the outside. And the timing of it all too. I was like, whoa, like 
I mean, I know again, like we, we, I, I, I want to talk about his story and I'll, it, here in a minute, but I know we signed <clears throat> some interior guys and I know that's, you know, good. And we needed that. And I mean, let's face it again, like with the departure of Tyrone Crawford, our, our <laughs> defense only got worse and I love him, but he was just on the, on the way out. And you could tell because he's just been in the league for a while. So, you know, I'm not saying that, that Anton Woods is like some generational talent, but I just was surprised a with the move and B more so with the timing, I think. Um, but yeah, I think it kind of feels like Brian Broaddus always says, follow the money. And if you see that they just signed a couple of guys and in that same position and it makes sense. Like they just didn't feel like they needed him anymore and they had to trim the roster. So here we are. Alas, we'll always remember you fondly. And I will <laughs> always love you. I was waiting for this. Were you? I'm having a moment in time right now. I'm, <laughs> I need a drink. It's not even, I need a drink. I'm upset. I'm feeling well, emotional. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to be excited for whatever team is lucky enough to snag him up and, you know, we'll root from afar. We'll buy jerseys, maybe. Unless he, uh, goes, if he goes to an NFC team, I, I'm out. But like, I'll maybe a jersey. Maybe a jersey. <laughs> maybe some one of those. I'm ready to commit. <laughs> we have like that. <laughs> it takes a lot for me to commit. That's true. I actually need to know, though, speaking of commitment, with all these new draft picks, like I know that we've got Michael Parsons first rounder and everyone's excited or at least maybe kind of excited, uh, surprised, excited, whatever. But I need to know like whose Jersey are you going to be wearing next year, Meg? Because, you know, Jabril Cox is in the building now. And I just feel like when you have a Tiger boy come around, <laughs> it's not often. And you might, I feel like that might sway you. Um, you one would think maybe um i don't know i i just feel i'm a little scarred after my last jersey purchase so um what was your you're going to have to take it was a Dak Prescott navy jersey oh yeah dude you bought that, that i wore the to game. the game that he got injured yeah yeah and it, people always say the navy jerseys are bad luck I need to stage this one or something. I have some stage. So, I'm, a, I'm a little scarred. So it'll, it'll take me some time before I can, you know, love again. That's fair. I genuinely don't own a jersey. I never have. I owned one when I used to host the plazas back in the day day. Um, I had a jersey and this is hilarious. How disrespectful of me. I wasn't thinking when I did this. I was like, they were like, what number you want to put on it? I was like, 22. And they put my name, they put like Charles and then 22. And I was like, this is a, not a good look. <laughs> like, like, mm, yeah. <laughs> Didn't think this one through fully, did we? <laughs> we need a redo. So I was like, hey, um, can I get a different one? That's just the year because this is, I can't wear this. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out I didn't think this all the way through. Turns out this is one of the worst ideas I've ever had. <laughs> um, anyways. Um, well, we are excited about this draft class. I, you know, I asked you guys what your grades were on it. I think most people thought it was a B. I personally kind of felt like it was a B. I think one of the main things I would have done differently was 
I don't know. I'm Micah Parsons is obviously a freak and there's a lot of people that are excited about him. I actually got a chance to talk to his um, coordinator from the defensive coordinator from Penn state this past week, Brent Pry, And he had a lot of positive things to say about him and just how he's going to come in and, and work his ass off. And I love that. And he's going to be a vocal leader and that that's great. Um, but I think for me, especially in hindsight, now that we got Jabril Cox too, and that's such a deal, I just kind of was hoping I would have loved if they would have maybe considered um, Slater a little bit more or Sean Slater as the tackle. I feel like it's so much more difficult. I was in shock when he yeah. did not get selected. Yes, dude. Like I was just like, I literally, I just feel like it's so much more difficult. And I, again, I don't get paid to do this. So this is no, disrespect. Yeah. I just, I think it's more difficult to fill the left tackle, a franchise left tackle role in, if you don't get it in the draft, then you have to fill it in free agency and what left tackle, especially when you have to deal with a salary cap, a good, amazing left tackle, who's not going to kill your quarterback uh, is out there. And Tyron Smith is obviously still on the team. And so is Lyle Collins. And I don't know his abilities on the left side, but either way, we know Tyron's days, he's just nearing the end. And you don't know what, when that's going to be. So why not bring some guy in to like get him ready? You know, that would have been a smart idea. I will say, I mean, I, I tried to quell my anxieties by thinking to myself, like Dan Quinn must have been like, give me Micah Parsons. He had to have been. Yeah. And Will had to have gone along with it for this to even go down. Do you so, feel like deep down in their hearts, they expected that both of those corners were going to be off the board? Oh, a hundred. No, no. I thought you meant with this would still be there. I was going to say hundred percent. No, um, I do not think that they thought that they were going to get wiped out the way that they did. I'm so with you. And again, no disrespect, but I feel like there was some lip service being had <laughs> in some of the post press conferences where they're all like, no, we went through all the scenarios. I'm like, did you? Did, did you? Because you might've gone through them, but like when it actually came down to it, were you like jaws on the floor? Because I'm pretty sure you ran out of the war room. Damn it, so. Denver. <laughs> ah, and they just signed two corners in the off season too. And I'm like, y'all, like you're really going to roll with Teddy Bridgewater and put on for my city, dude. Are you kidding me? Are you with Justin Fields sitting here? <laughs> on for my city, dude. I can't, man. Like, if you think Drew Locke is it, <laughs> I can't help you. Like, oh, Drew Locke, what a guy. LA must I mean, he really is meant to be riding the bench, like just jamming to whatever's on the loudspeaker. So he, he truly is the best kind of bench warmer. He's like the Kyle Orton who who just like seems like. He's got some personality and he- I was wondering if you were going to equate him to Kyle Orton. Anytime I can talk about Kyle Orton, I will. <laughs> Long live. <laughs> I am single-handedly going to keep that man's name alive in NFL conversations for years. Absolutely. <laughs> I appreciate I that about you very much. <laughs> but seriously, like, I just, I don't get it. And I'm like, was Elway like losing his shit? Because he's like watching this new GM and he's like, bro, what are you, what, what are you doing? And also he, this, he comes out in January. I'm forgetting the new GM's name. I apologize. And he's like, I have full confidence in, in Drew Locke. And I'm like, again, I, you lost to all do what? 
Yeah, li- to rap. learn lyrics to another song. Yeah, to like for a, for to make another bad lip reading video that's you know gonna go on Instagram. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. I don't get it. I don't see it. And maybe I don't know. Maybe the Aaron Rodgers news like really swayed them. Like, because I think that would be a phenomenal place for Aaron Rodgers to go. Um, outside of our division specifically. <laughs> Yeah, I also just have a very like, um, you know, you know, I love my conspiracy theories that do no harm to anyone. Um, and <laughs> that is that Shailene Woodley was like, I'm not going to live in Wisconsin. So we got to go. We got to go. I feel like she could deal with Denver. I think she could deal with Denver. And she's like, that's an easy, that's an easy flight. And yeah, I mean, he already messed up the Olivia. California may be the most ideal though for her, so. Yeah, but what's he gonna do? Like take over Herbert's spot? Or? Um, no, but you know. Young Herbie? North, North Cali, maybe. I mean. Could go to Vegas. I, I don't know. I don't know. I still. I don't, I don't know everyone's contract situation either. So I'm just kind of talking out of my, um, my ass. I'm still know. irritated with the 49ers for like hating Garoppolo so much I'm like what like why I mean if you I just feel like there's a lot of like hatred thrown towards him and the only thing I can think of is that he's injury prone which is fair but like you don't have to like hate the man because his body betrays him like I don't think he's like going out and like partying and like tearing his ACL as he jumps down from his bottle service table like really so um I don't get it I'm just also glad they didn't take Mac Jones because that was a who yeah Mac Jones. Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Every time they were saying his name, I was like thinking that in, I have a problem. Every, every time Kelsey gets a cultural reference drink. <laughs> <laughs> Proud of you for that. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, I mean, the draft was nuts. I think everyone was, I'm just glad I was literally like, Mac Jones, no way. No way. No way. They didn't um, do it. But, you know, shouts out to him for, not having an agent that taught him how to clean up his Twitter. And that's all I'm going to say about that. So um, guys. Wait, what tweets did he get out there in these streets? He just was like posting about politicians saying, Oh yeah. That's good. Yeah. So you got to love that. Here's the two things I will tell you. You need to, as a draft pick, you need, you got, you got to clean up your social media and you also need to own your name. I'm not even joking when I tell you this. I'm literally pulling it up right now uh, before we turn into Brody's interview. But I, I literally own, <laughs> I'm such an ass. <laughs> I own some draft picks. Who's, who's, I own some of their domains because I was like, you're not going to buy your name. I'll buy your name. Who do I own? Who, Who do I own? Let's look. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm, it's, it's okay. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Oh Yeah. Aziz Ojolari, I got your name. Zaven Collins, I own ZavenCollins.com. Come through. So I'm just saying, guys, like if you need someone to be your agent and figure it out. Oh, I also own AntoineWoods.com. <laughs> <laughs> Does he know this? I'm going to have to give it to him as a parting gift. Yeah, I think that'd be kind of you. Yeah. So anyways. Um, all right, guys. Well, don't tell them that's the case, but you know, the end. Uh, we've got a really good interview coming up with Brody Miller. He, like I mentioned before, covers LSU for the athletic, gives a lot of good insight into two guys that have spent some time down in Baton Rouge. And that's coming up for you guys next. 
Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. All right, and joining us now is Brody Miller from The Athletic Brody. Welcome. Thank you for having me, guys. How are you guys doing? Good. Um, honestly, I'm good. And I know Meg's probably better than me because she gets to talk. I to wouldn't me. say I'm good. I would say I'm just thrilled. I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> like, she's just excited to talk about her favorite team <laughs> or her second favorite team. I guess all I of my know- favorite things in one conversation. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> the hodgepodge of Meg tonight. Um, but Brody, you've been covering LSU for three seasons now. And so obviously we know everyone's talking about our first round pick, but we know anyone who is a true sports fan, the value comes in the later rounds. And I think one of the guys that the Cowboys picked up will especially prove to be true in that regard. But um, I want to talk about Kelvin Joseph and Jabril Cox. So I think if we just want to go in chronological order, I think that can make the most sense. But um, everyone looks at Kelvin, Kelvin Joseph. Did I say Johnson? I think I said Johnson. Um, Joseph. and Joseph? Yes. Yes. He started at LSU in 2018 and then transferred to Kentucky. But before that, obviously, he started his career with the Tigers. So I would love to get your thoughts on you know, him as a player, kind of what he brings to the table. And I know, obviously, there's things that he did not play in the Fiesta Bowl. And that kind of was the thing that made him leave. And so I'd love to just give us an idea of who this guy is on and off the field. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, he's such a, he was an interesting case at LSU. I mean, there's no doubt about it. And you guys are obviously familiar with it, but you know, he was the second highest rated player in that 2018 class, you know, even higher than your Jamar chases and whatnot. And that freshman year, I mean, it was kind of for a long time expected that he would, you know, maybe become the starting cornerback or he was in a heavy battle for it. And then, you know, pretty much Christian Fulton gets ruled eligible like five days before the season starts. Then he takes that job. And then Kelvin Joseph, you know, everyone, all right, at least he'd be a rotation guy. But then, you know, he had hamstring issues all year. Then you have the suspensions on top of that. And he has had this weird time in Baton Rouge where he was this guy everyone kept waiting to become, you know, one of the stars of that 2018 class. And it didn't come together for a bunch of reasons. And I'm sure we'll get into him leaving and all that in a second. But in terms of what he brings, I mean, he he's a guy who they thought would play safety for quite a while. That was kind of the assumption when he first came to LSU. I mean, he's what I want to say. He's like just a smidge under six two, like a little shy of 200, at least out of high school. I mean, he is a built guy who 
I mean, you can watch the Scotlandville, um, Scotlandville magnet film. Like he was laying people out. He is a, a, a freak. He's really, really talented. And obviously the, it was kind of a weird thing at LSU of he was a bit of a tweener and like, which really is he? And I think he obviously found it at Kentucky. He thrived at Kentucky. I mean, shoot, I think like teams average like 40, 5% passing on him or something like that. So I, I think, but then you do have the off the field things, which was, you know, failed some drug tests. You know, there was this weird thing. I'm not even like saying this is a negative, but it was just a weird thing that shrouded his time at LSU was like in the spring before the spring that he left, he was basically like at an NBA because he he's a rapper and he was at an NBA young boy concert. And like, there was like a shooting there. And then like LSU was really upset with him for being there, which oh, wow. again, yeah, again, I, that is not to say like Kelvin Joseph did anything wrong. And I'm no way implying that, but like, that was a weird thing. And then he transferred like two weeks later. So he was just a weird situation where it just never really worked out. And but he's so talented. So it was pretty cool to see him kind of thrive at Kentucky. Like he did. Yeah. I mean, that was one of the things I, again, I, I, I am not a LSU fan up until recently. So <laughs> I'm newly indoctrinated into the LSU fandom, but I didn't really realize at first that he had played at LSU. And, and then I was kind of digging into why, and, and we knew he was a rapper, but do you feel like, because again, you mentioned he had a nice career at Kentucky. So it kind of feels like those are things of the past. Would you feel as concerned about his development in the league, especially I think you have to think about that type of thing when you when you talk about players coming to Dallas because Dallas is not like going to Green Bay, right? Or going Great to point. like Cleveland. And Cleveland, you can still get in trouble. But like there are there are a lot of lights on you here in Dallas because of who the team is, because of the location. You can get into a lot of things here. So would you personally be worried about a guy who has past issues coming to Dallas and, and maybe getting in trouble again? It's I mean, it's a great question. And I, and I think that's like the fun part about the draft is also like, balancing different values and like would I have maybe used a 25th overall pick on Kelvin Joseph with those things in the back of my mind maybe not but like where the Cowboys got him it feels like you're you're properly putting the right amount of risk into that does that make sense like you're so it's like that kind of cancels out that risk yeah I mean I think it's something you do have to have in the back of your mind absolutely I mean he failed drug tests he you know rubbed people and it's always worth noting like just because you were like a bit of a headache doesn't mean you're necessarily like a bad character guy. Cause those are two very different categories. Right. And we've all covered plenty of bad character guys and they're guys who just like, you know, just maybe like break some rules and things like that. I think jo Joseph is not the bad character guy. They liked him a lot. They wanted him to stay at LSU. It wasn't like, get out of here. You know what I mean? So it's worth saying that. So I think you have to worry, you have to worry that with second round money and with, you know, like you said, being in Dallas, yeah, who know, you know, will he make the right decisions? You do have to worry about that. But I just think, you know, his talent is absolutely worth taking a, a flyer that at that point in the draft. And I, I, I think he's a chance to be, you know, a pro bowl caliber guy. I mean, some said he could have been a, I mean, he was expected to be a first round guy for a little while there. So I want to talk about that more because, you know, with, with Dan Quinn coming to town, a lot of people are trying to figure out who, what, what scheme they're going to be playing and how are all these guys going to fit in and, Dallas, it doesn't take much to improve upon last year's defense, um, <laughs> unfortunately or fortunately, however you want to look at it. But, um, you know, guys like Kelvin, like you mentioned, he's a big guy. And I just, I can't help but think about the secondaries of Dan Quinn's past. You know, the Legion of Boom was under his regime. And those were just the big, nasty corners, right? And I feel like we've seen a couple of roster moves 
recently this week to trim them down where they're, they're really making sure that these guys are, are pretty large back there. So I would love to know a little bit more about like his playing style, how you think he can fit in. Do you feel like, like you said, you know, you said pro pro bowl caliber. Do you think he could be a starter a day one starter, like across the street from Trayvon Diggs or, or what do you think about those types of things? Yeah, obviously there's always the caveat of, yeah, you never know how a guy's going to fold into the playbook, how he's going to be ready and all those things. But if you take that out of it in a vacuum, yeah, I mean, I think he just from a pure talent level seems and, and physically he's clearly ready. I would think he could be a day one starter. I mean, I'm not pretending I know the Cowboys depth chart well enough to predict or anything like that. But I think I think anytime you take a corner in the first, you know, two to three rounds, you're you're thinking they should be seeing the field. Right. So I, I think he absolutely is capable of that. And yeah. I, and I also should say, I mean, obviously I, I didn't cover Calvin Joseph's primary year as like a full-time starter. So I won't pretend to truly know his, his playing style and depth, but still, I mean, you can point to the fact that, like we said, only completed 46% of passes against him, three interceptions. I think the average yards per attempt was five yards, which is pretty fantastic. So, I mean, he's a guy who I think can press pretty well. He's like, we said, he could be a safety, like he was, or almost considered a safety. He can be physical, but he's an athlete. I mean, he was as good of an athlete as any guy in that LSU secondary, which was a really good secondary. So I, I don't, I think he's a guy who can kind of do it all, but I'm not going to exactly pretend to, you know, really break down his overall playing style. So um, the last question I have for you on him, and I feel like it's the most important. How do you listen to his music? <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. He's like, an, he's, I haven't listened to like his last year or anything like that, but the whole thing around him when he was leaving LSU was like, he's an actually good rapper. Like, for example, like I said, he like, I think you can find anything on SoundCloud or I think there's stuff on Spotify and he's like music videos on YouTube. Like he, NBA young boy brought him on stage. Like and granted some of that's the Baton Rouge thing, but like, sure. Good. Like I remember when there was that whole drama of like, is he going to leave LSU? And by the way, that was one of the more stressful two weeks of my life when he announced he was going in the portal. And then I talked to his dad and his dad says, there's no way he's leaving. And then like five days later, he decides he's coming back. But then three days later, he's like, actually I'm leaving. So that was, no. Oh yeah. Uh, bad look. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, no. And when that was all going on, everyone was like, here's the other thing with this. Like he actually might like leave football and be a rapper. Like he can actually do it. So yeah. I I'm not as cool as I used to be with the modern rap game, but at the same time, I, I think he's legit. Here's so, hoping his uh, rap career is brighter than Cole Beasley's. I was just going to say, I was like, so I feel like he might have a better career going than Cole Beasley did. <laughs> is this hey, the part? Can we please loop left. in some Cole Beasley music right now? <laughs> you know what? If I was a, a better producer, I would have had that ready. And I, I have failed you today, Brody. I apologize for that. I'm never coming back on. This is not, this is unacceptable. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, let's talk about a guy that you probably know a little bit more about and someone that's been a really big hot topic with this draft. And I know, I know you know our friend Dave. Uh, I think we're all acquaintances of the one Dave Hellman. So needless to say, <laughs> he is thrilled that two of his sons, or at least, you know, a half son, sons. are coming. What is up with your friend group and calling everyone sons? I've never been around anyone in my life who just, you guys call everyone sons. <laughs> we just like to claim people to make us look cooler. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> at least four of you guys call me their son. And I'm like, I don't know how to feel about that. Yeah. They just want to uh, take credit for your accomplishments. Pretty so. much. <laughs> yeah, I'll take that. Um, so Jabril, he was, kind of he's been talked about as the draft's biggest steal we know he went to North Dakota State graduated there and then he played his final year of eligibility at LSU and 
he did some things, you know, like he was an yeah, impact man. player, um, linebacker core. I think that a lot of people, we've got a lot of bodies in, in the linebacker core now, and we kind of need to figure out how they're going to be utilized, especially seeing that you took a first rounder. We had, you know, Jalen Smith's on the roster. We're figuring out LBE. They're not going to pick up his fifth year. And so I would love to, you just give us an idea again, like big picture of who Jabril Cox is and who he can be for this team. Yeah. You know, Jabril Cox is first off, you know, he is, I'm not calling Kelvin Joseph poor character, but anything like that. But like Jabril Cox is almost the opposite where it's like his, his character traits are some of the highest stuff, but in terms of just on the field, I mean, he is a very modern linebacker. And I mean, I know our draft expert, Dame Brugler toward right before the draft was like really thinking he could sneak in a late first round because he is the modern linebacker. I mean, he is a really, really fast. I think he ended up running a four or five. And I want to say he's ran faster before. And he is just a speedy linebacker who can cover better than a lot of defensive backs. So I'm not just like saying that, like I, I have the, uh, the coverage stats up somewhere. Yeah. Uh, I appreciate it completed. He dropped back in coverage 352 plays, which for reference is the highest on LSU, even more than the corners. And, and he had a 48% completion rate against him. He had three interceptions. Like he can play zone. He can play man against slot. Like that is what you need now. I mean, look at the bucks just winning the super bowl with Levante David and Devin Smith, uh, Devin white. So sorry. Uh, Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's the thing with him. He's so fast. He's, he's a, decently good pass rusher but he certainly has to get better at being physical in the box just because his size isn't as big as some other guys but just where the game's going he really thrives in that he's a pretty high iq guy i mean there's stories that i got from north dakota state of like they would you know when you come in on your recruiting visits they would like always start teaching you the playbook a little bit each time Mm -hmm. and it's just kind of and it's not important but it's just like a thing they would do to like see who remembers what and they said the bet one of the two or three best they ever had and keep my it's a school that sends a lot of guys to the nfl two or like he was in the highest of anyone if he would come back after one week and have the entire playbook memorized and things like that they never ever ever play freshman at north dakota state because they had they're one of those schools almost like a wisconsin where like by the way, I just dropped the Wisconsin accent on my Wisconsin you accent. Wisconsin. And that is that I'm, I'm never, I don't know if I'm proud or ashamed, but it happened. Um, but yeah, like he's a guy who, I mean, it's like that, you know, they, they develop guys for four or five years until they play. And he got on the field because of an injury as a, as a true freshman, I believe, and just dominated from day one. So I, I think he's a guy who came up like in a it's a pretty cool story i mean he would have like his kansas state interest and stuff like that at a high school tore his acl and then basically everyone dropped off the face of the earth except north dakota state and he just proved himself so he's a really cool character guy and i give him credit for this uh, i mean you you watched that 2020 season i know i know meg did like it was a nightmare right and not great bob <laughs> nailed it uh and they you know obviously they have to bring two or three players out after every game before every game and it was really hard to bring anyone out. I know for a fact. And every single week, no matter what happened, Jabril Cox, who, by the way, is a transfer. He's not even a guy who's been there long. He'd been there for like four months total. And every single week, he was the representative they brought out. And every week talked about all the things that went wrong and helped defend his teammates, even though he played well and all that. So I give him a lot of credit for that. And he shows like he is a grown up in the, in the purest of form. That's awesome. I'm just looking at his background and, you know, he's from, Kansas City. That's my I was waiting for you to say that. I, I literally love this. Like I didn't know he went to Raytown. So I, I have another show that I do with Dave and our producer was quizzing us on things. And he was like, name the fact that goes with the rookie. And he was like, 
who is the number 77 ranked dual threat quarterback of the 2016 class? Wow. And I was like, definitely not Jabril Cox. And I was obviously wrong. And I mean, mm. I just, this guy has this really interesting history. Like you said, his story in high school, he's the team captain. I think that just shows, like you mentioned, this high character, which I think is great and important. We need that in this locker room, especially when you go through the transitions that we're going through right now. You lose guys like Sean Lee. You got a new coach. Last year was awful. was very LSU-like. So at least he's used to that. Um, you got a new defensive coordinator. So it's like, I feel like you need those guys who are going to step up and be leaders in the locker room. And he definitely, like you said, seems to be one of them. Absolutely. And it's also, I mean, like the part we left out of like the mini bio I just gave is probably the best you know, feather in his cap is that he won three national championships and three years of eligibility at North Dakota state as a team leader, all those things. He had like proven everything you could prove could have been a, like, I think the grade he mainly got was like third round guy, but maybe, I mean, could have been a second round guy out of his junior year at North Dakota state. And basically he just, and everyone he knew, like everyone in that program, his head coach thought he'd go pro and he made like a choice to himself. And he's like, I need to, prove I can be in the NFL to myself. I want to be better by the time I get there. I don't want to just get there just to be there. So that's why he chose to come to LSU, which is also another kind of cool part of how he thinks things through and stuff like that is that he was like, I need to make sure when I get to the NFL, I'm going to be ready. So he's like, I'm going to go to LSU, the defending champs. And I'm, you know, I'm going to learn how to play in the sec, go against guys who are about to be in the NFL with me next season. And obviously probably chose the wrong school in some ways. I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. I didn't mean to insult LSU that bad. <laughs> wow. I know that was, that was unnecessary. Cover your ears. <laughs> uh, but in some ways at the same time, yeah, he absolutely proved he can do all these things. So I was, re- I assume his fall had to do more with his medical and being banked up and this being such a murky year with medical records because of the, yeah. t- but I would assume that's why, because otherwise <laughs> I feel like he did everything you could prove on a football field. I was going to say like, what do you think it is? Cause you said medical and it looks like he had some a hamstring issues. They kept him out of, of pro day. What, what do you think it is? And I, I think that's a great point you bring up. We've talked about it before. But it really was so nebulous this year with all these medicals because you did a lot of your things over Zoom and you only got to see a couple guys in person and you didn't really get to send your your guys out there as much. And so it was just very much a, they don't know if someone's okay or not or what it could look like. And I mean, at least he's not like Caleb Farley where he literally had a major surgery, but what was kind of going on that you think it was? Yeah, I think... Yeah, I think it was the the hamstring right before. And I think the key thing is, and I've you know, smarter people than me have talked about it, but I think the normal year, you know, you have the combine in February. And yeah, even if you find a red flag, you have another two and a half months or whatever to follow up on that, to double check that, to like see what's real and what's not and all these things. And it's not even, yeah, so it's not even just that like you're not getting the same amount of contact. It's that just like the timelines were off and the ability to confirm and double check and like get these things were just less confident and concrete and accurate. So that like you could you could go with two lines of thinking with that, right? That like every risk is in theory less of a risk because or you could look at it as everything's a risk and you just need to stay away from anything scary right now. And I and I I would imagine many different teams took different views on that. But and you know, who knows? I, I'm not gonna pretend I know. Maybe there was like a legitimate red flag with him that we just don't know. But it really did. My pure guess on this just seems like it had to be a, you know, murky situation with the injury so close to the draft and people just were like, hey, let's we don't know. Let's wait. Did you even get a chance to really interact with him that much because of COVID this past year? And it was one year that he was really there. 
It's a great question. I was at least fortunate that I was able to do a, you know, like a full profile feature on him where I got to talk to him and all that before he arrived at LSU. So before he was in, you know, the, the media machine, but yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Normally, you know, know, like two, two times a week, I'm just able to sit there and we're all like talking with these guys and getting to know them this year. It's all 10 minutes on an awkward zoom where it's impersonal as hell. So not, not as well. Yeah, I I've listened to some of the press conferences with some of these guys, and it just oh my gosh, it's painful. And people are like interrupting each other because Zoom has a lag, and it just it's the worst. I'm so ready. And every it. question you ask just feels like weirdly like accusatory because yes. like because it's like <laughs> I pressed a button to say my turn, and now it's like an official question, and it all feels so formal yes. when normally you're just like sitting around a table with a guy or a locker room, and like it's conversational and natural, and instead it's like what was wrong with the coverage today? And you're just like, now they're just like, wow, just throwing grenades at me in the trenches. And so it's just, it's a very awkward relationship. That's funny. All right. So despite that, do you feel like outside of the, you know, the character story that you just mentioned where he would come out and, you know, make sure he was addressing the media after even the tough losses, do you feel like you have any stories about him or even Kelvin that are just off the cuff fun to share? I know this could be a reach because again, last year was weird and you've had limited time with both. Well, when bad things are happening on the field, anything good stands out. So I'm sure there's something in there. <laughs> you know, I, I with Joseph, I feel like I gave you most of the interesting stuff. I was, I was gonna say, you did give a story. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Cox, I don't have a an amazing off the top of my head, which I'm beating myself up for right now. But I think the thing with him that I just find interesting, I don't even know if this falls in the category that we're talking about, but so much of you talk about Joe Burrell Cox, you have to talk about his speed. I mean, he's going to be one of the faster linebackers. And one thing that was really interesting though, that so many people I talked to for that story a while back was that they said like, yes, he's going to, his 40 is going to be pretty good, all that. But they said, it's he's faster than that because he's field fast is the term everyone uses, right? Because when he's on a football field, his football IQ, everyone says, is just so excellent that his he can just be instinctive. His processing so good that he can see something and he can take off with more of a confidence than your average linebacker. So he just looks so much faster than than anybody in the field. And I, I wish I could find the story, but one of his fellow defensive linemen, you know, and one of the team captains on that team, you know, tells the story of of you know basically like he would like run to get a guy down. He's in the backfield. He thinks he's about to make this amazing play. And then Jabril Cox is coming from the other side of the field and beats him to the tackle. And he's pissed off. And he's just like, how is it even possible? I'm like on this side of the field. So I think that's the only interesting thing I, that would come to mind with him is that it's like, yes, we know he's fast on a literal sense, but he's even faster than that because of the, foot, the IQ and all that. Well, um, I don't know about you, Meg, but I am significantly more excited about these guys than I was before this interview. So um, thank you for that, Brody. <laughs> I hope I was helpful. Yeah. You you were. Um, Very. Thank you so much for coming to hang out with us. We truly do appreciate it. You guys can find Brody's work um, at The Athletic. Obviously, we've told you a million times why you need to be subscribing because it is the greatest thing ever. You mentioned Dane Brugler. As we were talking, Brody, I have the beast in front of me. I print it off every year. Perfect. It's literally a gym. It's, I don't know what I would do without it during draft season. Um, no. <laughs> it, it's amazing. But you're also on Twitter at Brody A. Miller, correct? Correct. Perfect. Anything else we can we can like publicize for you? Tell the good people what you're working on? Anything like that? 
Uh, I mean, yeah, I'm in my off season mode. I'm lazy as, as anything right now, but uh, no, I'm just kidding. But yeah, no, I mean, just follow the athletic. Uh, I'm pretty sure you can get a, like a crazy deal right now. If you go through our podcast, that link at theathletic.com slash hold that podcast. And I think you can get like 30, 40% off or something like that. So check that out. Awesome. Brady Miller, everyone. Thanks so much. And let the band play neck. Couldn't agree more. <laughs> I am just just thrilled that we had time to uh, talk some cocks. So, <laughs> Megan Murray. <laughs> what? That's his last name. <laughs> Why the outrage? <laughs> Listen, we have a great we've got a great lineup this year. I just need cocks and balls to stand next to each other. Cocks and ball. To one next time. To each other. One time. On the sidelines during the team. anthem. We need it. Like two one four. <laughs> we need cocks and ball. Like this is, it has to happen. Someone, someone make it happen, please. They'll do it. I, they'll do that for us. I feel like they, they seem like the men, men of the people. Men of the people. If Jabril really is the leader that he is, he'll understand the importance of this going down. Yeah. Just give us what we want. Give the cocks and ball. Cocks and ball. Um, wow. I'm, you know what, Meg? <laughs> I asked you about what jersey you're going to wear. We're going to buy at least some jerseys of those. Two. Oh, this is a great idea. <laughs> Dibs on Cox. Damn it. <laughs> um, all right, guys. Well, that was fun. And shouts out to Megan Murray for having the most ridiculously intelligent and witty brain ever and always keeping me on my feet. <laughs> I don't know if I would call it witty and intelligent. It's just slow hanging fruit right there. Cox jokes. Oh, God. All right. Well, on that note, we're going to log off. But uh, if you guys want to <laughs> hang out with us some more because you, for some reason, enjoy this nonsense, and uh, God bless you if you do, you can find us on social media. I'm on Twitter at Kelsey underscore Charles. I'm also on the Grom Instagram at Hey Kelsey Charles. And Megan Murray is at Meg Murray with four R's on everything. Um, guys, make sure you are downloading and subscribing to the Blog and the Boys podcast feed, wherever you get your podcast, whether it's Apple, Spotify, Spotify, that's not a thing, Spotify, <laughs> I do. Cox and Ball. Someone get that domain. <laughs> Someone buy that. iTunes and Stitcher. We're also on YouTube. And um, we're, we're going to get off this podcast right here, not right now. But I'm going to go walk the streets and try to spot a foo. Get it? Yep, got it. <laughs> not before Megan Murray tells you some really important things. <laughs> okay, I'm done. I need to. <laughs> I got to go. Are, are, you gonna, are we going to miss the Cowboys? Oh, oh um, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I just need all of you to know that uh, Dallas forever, Philly for never. All right? Capiche? Birds aren't real. Goodbye. <laughs>